When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. My name is Daniel Conn. I'm delighted to be joined by Record Sports Graham Young and Michael Gannon. Guys, how are you both? Not bad, sir. Afternoon. How you doing, chaps? Yeah, very well. All good, Nick. All good this end. Um, I think the one thing that we should really start on, guys, Celtic, another trophy in the cabinet. Uh, pretty impressive performance, Graham, I thought, all round. Oh, sorry, not that impressive, but they got the job done, Celtic. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it was impressive that Ange Postecoglou, the way everyone has watched Celtic enough now since he arrived, uh, summer of twenty twenty one, to know what they're about. But maybe two of my favourite kind of or most impressive moments watching the Celtic team uh, were the two one one at Ibrox last year in the last twenty five minutes, where defended their box and the way they were able at the weekend to just kind of weather the storm after Morelos's goal and the, the five subs. And doesn't win. I know a couple of times in the Champions League he made subs at half time, but he likes the 60 minute subs. But now he's got a bench that a lot I thought was good off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way O put himself about, Axabandic, bit of pace, probably should have scored. But um, I thought that was a really impressive trait of a kind of. Um, a tr- a, it wasn't really a, a, an Ange way of playing, but that's those were the kind of standouts. It was a bit of kind of tough, a bit. And that's what separates good to great sides we know Celtic are a passing team but they are also able to mix it up and uh, find ways to win when they're maybe not their free phone best and obviously Kyogo um, and there's this kind of narrative sometimes like uh, maybe it, it wasn't it, when he arrived he was this, he couldn't do any wrong but in this season maybe I think even a couple of months ago some were saying he wasn't as good but the goal rate suggested otherwise and this trait or this knack of the way Celtic play are finding himself in the box perfect runs uh, great timing, as Arne Moy called my ghost, it's the perfect way of describing them, it's, it's what Celtic do well and mm-hmm. uh, it's another another trophy, another win, signature win over their biggest rivals and um, I, I don't think many Celtic fans could have predicted this uh, summer of 2021 when Ange arrived, it's be, it feels as complete a Celtic team um, as it's been in a while and I think it did a bit of everything and I think that gritty nature underlines why Celtic are ahead of everyone else in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And I realise I contradicted myself in the first five seconds of the podcast, but Mick, what I meant was it was impressive the way they got the job done, Celtic. I thought it was impressive all round, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm back, obviously you watch the game live, I was at the game on, on, on Sunday and you, you get your impressions of the game while it's happening. But I'm back and watched it again on the Monday. Um, and it just kind of reinforced what I was kind of thinking at the time. Um, I think people... Uh, dismissed the first 20 minutes as kind of pretty poor and pretty quiet and there wasn't a shot and goal from either side which is true but I actually think that was the, the period when Celtic built the foundations of the win um, I think Celtic out to the possession stats after 20 minutes and Celtic were sitting on about 73% possession 
74 percent and, and i don't think I, mean, I, I, I can't go back to all the old, every old fun game in history but i can't remember i, I don't think ever be a case of one team having so much possession in the first 20 minutes of a game like that um and it was used for a reason that the celtic were were building slowly and they're looking for and probing for weaknesses and they found them i mean you look at the first 20 minutes i think it was hitati trying to go down the outside of james tavernier didn't quite work a few times maybe there would be sniffing on there and the final ball wasn't quite there. Then you look at what happened at the goal. I think what the, the key for me was was Rio Hitati. Um time and time again, taking the ball in tight areas and not not producing Hollywood passes or switches of play, not taking the ball in, taking a, a touch, pulling it back and then squaring it or pushing it or laying it off. But what he was doing was he was taking guys out of the game, he's taking two and three players out of the game. And if you look at the first goal, he takes it, he, he wins the ball, takes it in tight, makes a short little pass. He gets up the Moy and he's got two men behind him at that point because it's Hatati taking out the game. And rather than Hatati, uh, rather than Maeda, sorry, hitting the byline uh, and staying the touchline, he cuts inside, takes Tavernier with him. Mm-hmm. And it's opened up left side, bang, back in the net. Kaigo does what he does, get across the man, back in the net. And it was like that goal, I mean, it took 40 odd minutes. It was, it, was, it, was, it was 40 minutes in the making, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think Celtic were, 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 were cleverly keeping possession and working out a way to find the weaknesses in the Rangers' defence. And they found it and exposed it. Um, don't be wrong, Rangers, I think, were a threat on the counter. Um, but I think Celtic were pretty much dominant. I mean, the little spell after the after it went to 2-1, a goal from a set piece, there was a bit of a, kind of a spell that got a bit nervy for Celtic. But then again, in the last 15 minutes, there wasn't really an attempting goal from Rangers, really. And it could have been 3-4 uh, by the end. I mean, Celtic missed a couple of sitters late on. Um, I thought it was a really a dominant display. It was patient. It was purposeful. I think it was a bit of a show of power, really, to where Celtic are just now and where Rangers need to be. I think you're right in saying, Mick, that obviously Rangers were still dangerous on the counter. And I think it, or I, I think one of the standout players that weekend as well was, was Carol Starfelt. Um, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He repelled everything that came at him. I know towards the end he almost, you know, he almost set up a Rangers goal, but I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And I was really happy for him because he's a player that took a lot of stick when he first came in. To Celtic, but one of the first names in the team sheet now. He takes some stick when he came in, but I don't think I, I don't know where this exact stick now comes from. I, mean, right. I don't right. think he's been him and him and um, Carter Vickers haven't lost a game together for about for fifty games. Um, I think any doubts now have been removed. I mean, I think he does give people the odd little kind of um, little scare, not be kind of flurry of nerves. But then again, he takes a few chances. But I think the most part, I think people recognise that he's a, a really good player. He's probably a great partnership with Carter Vickers, and he's a, a stormer mm-hmm. uh, at hand, especially in that, that second half. But yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I know we keep saying that he took a bit of stick. He got a bit of stick early on because he was really, when I mean, he first landed, he was chucked into the deep end and he looked a bit raw. And he had a few kind of moments that were a bit, um, a bit hear him, scare him. And he still has that in his game. But see, we didn't have that in his game with a £45 million centre half playing English Premiership. Mm-hmm, he stepped it off with a smooth sometimes, these guys. No, that's true. Graham, what did you think of uh, Starfield and the overall defensive performance? I know Mick just said there, and it's perfect. That was kind of my litmus test for Boyata. I always felt that, you know, how Boyata kind of get kind of played down at times. But I felt if he didn't have those mistakes, then he was another player like that. Where great in both boxes, pretty good up until the kind of final season. I think Starfield fits exactly. Mick was just bang on. He has those moments when he plays that pass across the defence where he almost spins himself around, right? And it looks a bit cumbersome, ungamely, and it's. But the rest of his game is so good. The anticipation to uh, step up and Tavernier's pass uh, to 
in the lead up to the goal that made it 2-0 that just uh, the kind of blueprint of the way he plays like there's when he's on the front foot he can do both I think part of his game and Celtic are kind of hemmed in he's really good at winning headers in the box but also when he's playing aggressive he's first to the ball he's really good at nicking headers away it just he, he is a really good player and I think Mick kind of underlined there as well that he had a sticky start but for a long long time the record, the undefeated record these two have, domestic games is incredible. Starfelt just a, a standout again, and I think it's part of Celtic's recruitment has been quite incredible. With those, maybe the, the ability to find players in Japan and uh, now with South Korea, we all as well. But these players in that first batch, Juranovic, Jota, uh, Carol Starfelt, just clever signings, mainstays in the team. And um, I think it's a different, I think because you, in the build up as well, pundits, they still like to. A couple of Rangers players uh, flagged up Starfield as a player that Rangers can attack, and I think that's just quite a simplistic argument for the player that you see week in week out. He'll never be silky smooth with the ball at his feet, but everything else that he brings to Celtic is just invaluable. And once again, he was one of the key men in a massive day of the season. I think, I think if you watch him, I think I think the reason why people may say that is because the style of his, his play is. Um, a wee bit like remember um, Eric Svechenko at Celtic a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, maybe not the tallest. Maybe maybe not. I mean, Svechenko slightly more physical, but Starfield's not the most physical. So what he tends to do is he tries to win the ball. He has to get there first. So a lot of centre halves will stand off for a man, let them take it to your feet, try and hold to the ground, maybe out muscle him a wee bit, not let them turn. Whereas Starfield tries to get there first, whether it's in the air or on the ground, he'll try and nick in there first to win the ball in front of the, the striker. And, and his timing's really good. I mean, to be honest with you, he does it most times. I've done it, I mean, you mentioned that the second goal, and a bit of that, he's trying to get in front of the man at that point again. And he's good at doing that. The problems are if you're playing against a right top drawer centre forward, they make you a bit wise to that, maybe like spin a bit easy. That's 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 the only reason I think people maybe say that. But his timing's so good and he's so quick and gets away with that, that, that way of playing. And that's why he's so effective because he needs in a striker's rather than waiting to to, 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 to wrestle with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he can pass it off. He can let he can let Carter Vickers because he'll wrestle with him all day. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Um, so it, it's, a, it's a good partnership. It works really well. Um, he has he's been a, he's been a good signing for Celtic. One one aspect of the game on Sunday, probably the only aspect I'd imagine, Graham, that the Ange Postecoglou probably wouldn't be that happy with was the three glaring chances in the last minute. I mean, Celtic fans would have been pulling their hair out looking for the game to be to be um, sealed up. Haxabanovich and O'Reilly in particular, pretty bad ch- misses. Um, I I think I think the way the game was stretched, but I think I think and still when he was talking about having his scotch, I think he'd be more thinking about the Kyogo double than the <laughs> opportunities. Uh, but you're right. I actually think I'm going to turn it slightly, Dan, and look at the positives. I thought the Buster pace Haxabanovich showed uh, is he is he got past goals and was pretty impressive, and mm-hmm. I think. O'Reilly was pretty important when he came on as well. That's the thing. That's what's made. If you're talking about this and you're comparing, and I'm sure it's a great pub debate, Rogers team and Neil's team, right? And obviously, you get guys in the Neil team straight away, Larson and Sutton. But the strength of this Celtic team slash squad is I don't ever remember a Celtic squad having 16, 17 guys who are interchangeable in the sense that, that it's not, it's horses for courses in certain circumstances. You can understand Moyes since he's come up to fitness, but Riley's a great player. Turnbull's still got a great role to play. Um, and then Hacks Abanovich off the bench. He had a great little run just before the World Cup. Uh, I thought he looked really, really capable. And obviously since then, injury kind of setbacks. Um, I think those chances, that's why those opportunities 
a rose for Celtic, and obviously Rangers are pushing for the game. But the guys involved, as you mentioned, I think Haxabanovic, but I think O'Reilly's well. I think O'Reilly tried to disguise that one at the near post and probably didn't get enough on it. And Haxabanovic as well. But I think that bodes well. I think the one thing, and this is no negative, but with Celtic only playing the kind of one game a week for the rest of the season, uh, there's that balance for Ange. I think he touched upon it in his interview after the game. It's this never-ending... He's thinking beyond just the 11 players that's playing and things that might come up. But I think there is a balance between maybe, say, a Haxabanovic getting a start ahead of Jota. Not that Jota's done anything terribly wrong, but there's these type of players that just to keep that kind of squad intensity in balance. I think his, his efforts, I know he, he, he spurned that chance the last kick of the game, but I was actually quite impressed. I've quite liked the look of him as well. And again, it adds something else. All is well. I think straight away, you're not going to be... I know there's high hopes for him, what he's able to do, but just his physicality, that brought something different. He's mm-hmm. got a way to go to that kind of record Jackie Mack has had, and he's got time to settle as well, especially with the nine-point gap. There'll be opportunities to play. But I know what you're saying, there's, but I think in this one time, with the cup in hand, a long, long week build-up to a game, they felt a lot in the line. I think there was a reset in the Celtic Rangers sometimes when it's the same manager, same players, playing six, eight times in a row. I know Beal had his introduction in the Ibrox game, but this felt... With some of the comments from Lucky Ange to what Fashion Sakala said, it felt significant. It felt a kind of moment in time where Celtic will reaffirm their uh, credentials as a top team, or maybe Michael Beale and Rangers would be able to show that um, they, they're able to kind of bridge the gap. But I think that's what made the result such a big moment uh, for Celtic on Sunday. So I think, in hindsight, any any near misses for um, the likes of Hicks about given. I know they did the day off on Monday, so they'll be straight back to training, maybe a starting place for the weekend after. Mick, I almost thought it was, you could sense it was really, really um, kind of, it hurt Rangers that, to see the strength and depth Celtic had bringing on in the second half. I mean, as Graham says, it was pretty stark, the contrast. Right, well, you, so you look at that final kind of 10 minutes, and I think at that point, I mean, Joe Hart still hadn't a save to make by that point. I know he'd hit the post at 1-0. Um, but it hadn't really the save to make by that stage. And they, they, they looked like a kind of beaten team. And I think at that point, you get Haxi Barnett causing major problems. Um, yeah, Bada causing problems, O'Reilly. Um, I, I think Graham was right. I think O was really interesting. Um, he came on like a man possessed, didn't he? <laughs> and he came on like a man who just came from the kind of Glasgow Saturday morning league now in Korea. It was, uh, it was physical, bashing defenders, roughing them up. It was like it was the most Scottish Korean performance I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, it was really, really physical, and it's an interesting one because I don't think Rangers particularly enjoyed playing against um, Jack and Marcus because of that physical element, um, and they might have been a bit more relieved that he's, he's gone. But then you've got O coming in looking every bit as physical, if not even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I think they actually really struggled with him because he was he was really annoying for them. Really, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of it was rough and ready. Some of this stuff. Um, he's holding the ball in, he's back, bumping over against people, and I think it was really effective. It really spun the game back in that last kind of kind of ten minutes, and it's not until you see it again. It's like we're pretty comfortable in that, that kind of phase. Um, and like I say, could add the, the lead. I don't think. I mean, we're not picking hairs over the, the chances missed. There were good chances they created. In fairness, I think Haxabanovich again was a, was a great run, mm-hmm. um, a couple of inches either way, and that would have been a, an absolute stunner. Um, but no, it, it, it is. It's, it, Sometimes you get these wins that, are, that feel a bit like statement wins, don't they? I mean, there's a lot of talk that's happened before through the years. Um, I can remember 
a lot of talk. I think it was back in the day when it was it was Graham Murty and Charles Rangers and all that stuff. And they got to an old an old fun game and Celtic one with ten men. I and that felt like a bit of a statement. There was a couple of years again. It was like tears in the dressing room about the drawing the cup. And a few weeks later, it was a heavy win for Celtic. I, I just some some people think these are kind of statement wins that that, that propel Celtic in terms of forcing home their dominance, but also kind of sets back their, their rivals as well because it's it means they need to reassess where they are and where they need to be to try and kind of keep, kind of narrow the gap because mm. at the moment as there's a gap. Aye, absolutely, and I, I I love the fact that um, Ange likes to you know have two strikers that are almost polar opposites. Graham. I mean, oh, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but as as Mick says, he come on, you know, ready for a fight at the weekend. And whereas Kyogo, you know, doesn't like all that, he goes in, and it's almost like you forget about him, and he scores a hat trick. I love the the contrast between the two. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think. Especially the Ola, I've been really impressed. I've got to be honest. Like, you'd be able, you'd be hard pushed to me. I think a stunning highlight deal of what he's been able to do with Mick. And alluded to it there as well. There's just something he's got a real spikiness to him and the way he gets in and about. And I know Jackie Marcus brought that as well. It's a great point. Jackie Marcus, this one of the one of the kind of great Twitter myths was Kyogo's goal record against Rangers. If you actually go through, he hardly played the way it worked out and. Uh, missed a couple of games with injuries, he's barely fit for the semi-final, but Jackie Marcus did bring a presence a different element to games against um, playing against Rangers, I think we'll bring that as well, and uh, you've touched on it here as well, that's perfect, that they're, they're different type of strikers, I think that's what makes Celtic unpredictable now we know Kyogo these timing of these runs, players and it, it's quite a simplistic way as well Like as much as I'm sure the, the instructions are very complex at training but a lot of Celtic's best goals are almost, uh, it's low crosses into the box, high percentage, four or five guys within the place that will score sometimes just Kyogo but you know those goals over the time, guys, back, the winger on the back post um, getting in ahead, it's happened to Barisic a couple of times as well, so as much as I'm sure it's a complex methods to learn what Ange wants these strikers and attacking players. The end results can often look very simple because um, they're just the best technicals. It's not overcomplicated. It's not pot shots to the edge of the box. And then I think just to go back to something Mick said earlier on that was really interesting was the fact that as much as the first 20 minutes didn't look like much, it was maybe a case of smoke mirrors where Celtic, this constant passing pushing people out of positions eventually players get bored with the tracking back and that's often when Celtic end up uh, players in overlap positions are great at that where they get three or four players on the one side of the pitch quickly um, and I think oh, it's got to be the type of guy there's got to be a game, you can see it already just with his runs and ability, there's got to be a game very soon that he ends up with two or three as well and that very quickly, he already I think is winning fans over but uh, and there's no reason why for what I've been what you've displayed so far, I don't see any reason why he won't be able to fill that kind of Jack and Marcus man and the one thing I would say as well is Celtic, the profile of players, it's, the, the, the recruitment's been excellent, but I think Hitati, again, Mick beat me to it earlier, the, the way things are passed on the reverse, or, that's like the kind of players that, I think Celtic fans have said before this, when you used to see a, a Leipzig and a Salzburg, you know how the really top-level recruitment, that Hitati falls into that category. He's a, a level above some of the, he's like teams across Europe going, well, why, did, why wouldn't we be able to sign him? He's, he's a really quality player. And I think Oh, I know he's still got a long way to go to prove. I think his size and speed for this type of striker that he is, I think if he continues development, finds an net, I think he could maybe fit that criteria as well. And that's what's made... There's many factors that go into Celtic's 
Leighton's big win on Sunday, but I think recruitment's just so vital and the way they find these players that suit what they're looking to do, um, I think it bodes extremely well for the rest of the season. And But I think, oh, as, as much as he's shown that Kyogo's got to take some shifting because he's, he just continues to do it in the biggest moments. So, uh, but plenty to be excited about for Celtic fans. Uh, just on Hitati there, um, I was at the Real Madrid game earlier this season. I was talking to fans after the game and three different Real Madrid fans all singled them out. They were all like, who, who's, who's the Japanese boy in midfield? He was he was brilliant. So I definitely think there'll be a lot of attention on him come the summer, but I suppose that's a good thing. One, one thing as well that Ange, I know he said be Juranovic, um the idea that about, he, he, he likes players to be ambitious and that's that's why they're here and say that that's how it works and he knows how that, and he, he touched on that at the AGM as well, that Celtic need to be an active club and some you might see some of your favourite players go and one, one thing he said we had that a couple of times is he noted his ambition and I don't think that's a negative in the slightest that guy who was playing university football basically three years ago is now I, I, you say arguably he's been to me the best player in Scotland this year there's been a lot of contenders for Celtic for that but I think Hattie's been excellent so you, that kind of ambition's a positive it's not a negative and you can see the way he plays he's getting better and better I know he'd the end of last season, he tired. It's so obvious that he tired, and the way he's been able to come back this season, and um, it's just he, and he makes passes that other players can't. Just little two yards slide drill passes, touches, nutmegs, finding space. He's strong. Like he really is. You thought it's very quick to crown players if they have a good game, but the amount of times this season he's been able to affect games, assist goals. It's he's been. He's just been. It's been a remarkable season for him. Mick. Um... On Monday, I think it was Monday, Monday's record sport, you wrote uh, a really good piece on Callum McGregor that I thought I should bring up because the stat mentioned in it... I had to at some point wrote a good piece. <laughs> uh, the, the stat in it was almost unbelievable. And what, so Callum McGregor on Sunday, I think that was his, or his 15th final at Hamden and he's won them all. Yep, I think I think one of them didn't go off the bench. One of them got a medal, a medal for it, so he was there. Um, so we could say 14, 15, well, 14 finals involved as a youth player and a senior player, and won the lot. Never lost. That is, um, that's insane. Extraordinary, isn't it? Um, and by the way, he was the best player on the pitch on Sunday by a, by a country mile. By the way, he was he was um, he was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a we did a wee, a wee video before the game. Didn't we? I think I, I think not one to say I told you so. I said <laughs> the key threat for Rangers was stopping Callum McGregor, right. and it, it didn't. Uh, I think it was it was Tillman's job to kind of push up onto him, and he didn't he didn't look the fittest to be honest with you on the day. And McGregor had far too much space, and he had an absolute field day. He was the one in that opening twenty minutes picking and prodding and and, and passing and, and finding the spaces, and he ran the show for the whole game. I mean, I, I think Hatati we touched on was outstanding as well. Uh, and I thought Moy, I mean, Moy heavily involved in both goals with a really good game. But McGregor was just a different level, I think. I mean, he was outstanding, led by example, dictated the floor of the game. He dug in when he had to dig in, ran the show when he had to. Uh, I thought it was just a kind of um, all-round performance was just off the chart. Um, I think Celtic are fun of watching McGregor, really. He's, he's, we always knew he was a good player and a good teammate. Um, getting the captaincy, he's very different to, to Scott Brown. So it was interesting to see what he'd be like as a captain. Mm-hmm. And I think he's evolved into a really, really impressive Celtic captain. I think he's he, he sets the tone in training. He, 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 for all accounts with the squad, he's, he's loved by the squad in terms of how he's helped this new look group integrate. Um, 
he's, he's an ambassador for the club as well. He never puts a foot wrong in terms of what he says in public or what he does. Um, I think he's just he's just evolved a, a real top Celtic captain. I think we down history will view him very very well. We I mean, look at his record now; he's up there with the with the most decorated players in history already. Mm-hmm. I think um, he will go down as one of the one of the, the all time all time best. I think as well. Right. And that that record itself, that's got to be something he has. You know, it has to be a record. I can't think of any other Celtic player to even go close to fifteen finals and winning them all. It's yeah. under- it's like they're undertaking at WrestleMania. It's like somebody leaves. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to go. But it's unbelievable. And again, I think Mick is well saying there the fact that you almost go underrated. It's Hattati and it's oohs and ahs, and rightfully so. But McGregor was brilliant. That's the thing. It's just a, and he is a different type of captain to Scott Brown. But what a captain he is. It's um, it's just that it's a different style. But you can tell that the way Postico, Postico goes great at praising but not going over I think he struggles to keep it in with McGregor and just how much he appreciates him, how much he respects him. It's it's so obvious that um the whole team revolves around uh, a player who's just gets better and better every year he plays. It's just um it's just a fantastic, fantastic talent I and I'm sure we we may be back Scottish Cup again as <laughs> the next challenger for his for his record because it's um it's remarkable not to lose a final in that circumstance. Because anything can happen. So no that's what makes the quadruple treble, a double last season, trying to go for a treble this year. Look, anything Scottish football, everything we know about Scottish football, um, up until the last few years under Celtic, uh, teams always lost cup games. There was always shocks. Like it's not an easy thing to do, and I don't think this period the Celtic dominance will be. It's not going to be a regular thing. It's that amount of trophies in such a small period of time. It's just throughout the history, but it's it's, it's abnormal. It's not the way it's been done, and. I think that's why it's been um, so celebrated under different managers, but the, the end result normally remains the same. Uh, I think with the Postacoglu element, uh, I know where Neil, I think Celtic fans adored Neil at Rogers before he left, but there's just something about this kind of relation without getting um, to the heartstrings, but there is, there's, I think they can really appreciate after, straight off the back of COVID, no fans in the stadium, a guy who at the time many were, of course, were unsure because they didn't have the knowledge of him and very quickly won them over. I think that's what makes these moments so special because uh, during Neil Lennon's last season, John Kennedy took over the interim in empty stadiums. Felt Celtic were a million miles away from uh, these kind of days. I know it was very short-lived, a short period, but uh, just to have them back so quickly uh, for fans, I think that's what makes it such a special time. And the big games keep coming for Celtic. Um, St Mirren away is up next this weekend, Mick, and it's not it's not one that Celtic can take lightly. Obviously, they they lost there earlier this season, um, and then the double header against Hearts, one of which uh, is at Tynecastle in the Scottish Cup, and that already to me feels like another really big game for Celtic. Well, totally. Um, we're now getting to the kind of business end, aren't we? Um, Listen, Simon at the weekend. Simon obviously said they lost there early in the season, and Simon done a job on them. The only team really this season to do a job on Celtic. Um, but that day it was a it was a much changed lineup. Um, pretty much an off day as well. But Simon were great that day. I mean, they saw Simon at the game at the Park recently getting beaten quite heavily. Um, but it will be a, a tougher game over over there. So they, so they can't really afford to be kind of um, freewheeling. And then you get the Hearts double header, um, Ten Castle. I think it, it, I mean, apart from maybe drawing Rangers, that's the hardest tie they could, have, they could get out of the heart, really, Tynecastle. Um, and you think that is a big hurdle to get over if they are going to go 
Um, I think I think the league. I think the leading the lead is, is unassailable at this point in time. Um, but I think that, that if they're going to go and win the cup as well, this is a huge a huge hurdle. Um, a bit as tough as it gets. Um, I was at Hearts the last game at Mullow and they get they were, were absolutely dreadful. But they haven't been this season. They've been good for a long long time. That's a rare off day. So I expect them to come up pick up with the full that game. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a tough one. But this is what this is why this is what Celtic are in form. They're full of confidence. You, you wouldn't bet against them. That's for sure at the moment. But just if, and if they play to the way they, they can play, no one's going to no one's going to cope with them. Mm-hmm. So as simple as that for Celtic right now. If they turn up and play at the levels, they'll win the games. Right, and you saw Angie so uh, so often so stoic, Graham, and, and kind of straight faced on the touchline at the weekend. See when he gets his hand in that cup, he was over the moon. It's so happy, and he'll be desperate to win that treble. Hundred percent. That's that's fair. And I think it was last year as well at the the uh, the previous league cup final. I think the first time you seen the real outpouring emotion was uh, Kyogo at full time. Uh, just a different side to him, like that. Um, instant success at a cup win uh, because obviously Kyogo scored those two goals against Hibs playing like, with basically one hamstring wasn't it like he was really struggling to get fit and that was the same again on Sunday you just notice this he said as well after the game it's relief isn't it and it's, it's tangible it's starting to build up so long um, and the other thing he said I think is quite important is that you can't hammer into the players straight away about St Murren you need to enjoy the moment and I think he he was very much in the moment on Sunday as well I think he could feel the success but very quickly straight back St Mirren uh, Mick pointed out it was a convincing win in the Scottish Cup but as you know St Mirren were pretty competitive that game for a long time uh, and then it's like a double header against Hearts that adds a wee extra level intrigue they've obviously Hearts got to Celtic part on the Wednesday night in the league um, a week on Wednesday and then the Cup games on Saturday morning it's quite a quick turnaround uh, so I, I think for Celtic the squad it's pretty manageable but for Hearts it's an interesting one to balance so there's a few teams Breathing down their neck in the race for third, and um, you've also got um, the, the push of trying to win the Scottish Cup, a home game against Celtic. So, so a lot of decisions there. The next kind of week, I know it's been a week off, a week off after the, the final, a few days to rest, but very quickly again, a, a three game week, it changes the narrative. So, but Celtic, as Mike said, they, they are in that kind of um, all all conquering swagger style now, where they know they're the best team. And if the application's right, which it almost always is, and uh, the commit the commitment's always spot on, that the, they will win the games. But there's still big challenges ahead. There's certain targets to hit as well. Like they were already look at the league record as well. That the amount of wins and games, like it's incredible. And I think the fact it's not an invincible season's actually quite a good thing. Because that takes that the, the one that obviously they would love to finish unbeaten. I don't mean that, but you know how when a team's not lost a league game, it's this pressure to try and it maybe right. takes away the flair of the football. But they, they can have a go at the points total as well. That's the thing. I think that was Martin, one of the Martin O'Neill seasons set the record point. Oh, sorry, Rogers. Rogers ended up doing it in Invincible Travel. Uh, but there's obviously that, that's still within, but that would take a big effort to do that. But that's the type of things that will motivate a team like Celtic to you know, go one one better again. So there's still loads to play for. And obviously, Scottish Cup game's massive, but all starts Paisley this week. I think it'll be a challenging game. It'll be another good one, but got your fancy Celtic to do the job. Mm-hmm. I think that's the perfect way to bring the end to this week's Record Celtic podcast. Um, as ever, you can follow all the conversation, all the best Celtic stories uh, at record under slash sport on Twitter and at daily record under slash sport on Instagram as well. Uh, Graham, Mick, it's always a pleasure. As always. Thanks. Thank you. 
thanks guys and we'll be back next week thanks for listening